If you've been following along and have never joined a design bootcamp, I'm going to encourage you to sign up. It's five hours of workshops and we have live versions going on often so you can come and ask questions. Go to www.designsuitecourses.com slash designbootcamp. If you have been struggling to get sales from your design work or understanding what you really need to do to make money, I have the workshop for you. On September 23rd, I'm hosting my first ever profitable designer workshop. This one day, three hour workshop is only $97, but I have a discount for all my podcast listeners. Go to KarinaGardnerCourses.com slash profit and put in the code podcast for $50 off. I can't wait to see you more profitable. Welcome to the Make and Design Podcast. I'm your host, Karina Gardner. On this podcast, we're unraveling the everyday joys and dilemmas of design, making, and business. For makers who want to be designers and for designers who are makers, this is your inside scoop to help you grow your business and bring more creativity to your life. Hey guys, today I am here with Krista Grazio. Krista is one of my good friends. She is a brilliant businesswoman. You guys are going to love this episode. Now you might be like, ooh, this is scary, Karina. We're talking about business, but here's the deal, you guys. We're designers who own our own businesses and we don't talk about business enough. We talk a lot about design, but we don't talk about how do we make sure that our design business is going, is profitable, is doing the things that we need it to do. So Krista's going to talk to us a little bit about that today. But first, I'm going to, we're going to go a little bit back. Krista has this amazing hidden creative background that you guys need to hear about. So Krista, will you tell us a little bit about your current business, but then also tell us about, I would, I want, I want you to talk about all the jewelry stuff and all the cool things you've done. Yeah, absolutely. So my current business is called the Lean Out Method. And what I do is I help people get really crystal clear on those things that actually matter and that move the needle in their business. And then I help them to lean out, i.e. eliminate all of those things that are really just noise and distractions that cost a lot of extra time, money, and energy, right? And there is no space for that because we need space to be creative and to do the things that we love to do instead. But this whole business actually came about through the launching of a jewelry business that I still have today. It's called Chris Cara Jewelry. But if we go back in time, back to 2004, much, much younger Krista. Um, <laughs> at the time, I was making jewelry and absolutely loving it. And I did a lot of hand chains and body chains and foot chains and things that at the time, a lot of other people weren't making and selling. So I started to get a lot of requests from people saying, that's really cool. What is that that you're wearing? Where'd you get it? could you make me one? So like most creative businesses, it all started by doing something for myself that other people really liked and asked me for. And this was, you know, back in the early days of Etsy, I had created an Etsy store at the time. And then over time, I took it to my own website. And I got a lot of um, traction with that business, I was able to scale it up. And I eventually hit that point where I capped out what I was able to do myself as the artist in the business in order to really take it to the place that I wanted to and be able to make as many products as I wanted and, you know, work with as many people as I wanted, I really needed to transform the business model. And so I closed that handmade jewelry business and launched what is today my Chris Cara business. 
And when I did that, I scaled that business really quickly, which sounds amazing. And if you were on the outside looking in, it looked really amazing too. We were at all the major trade shows and in the major, you know, retailers and the top influencers were wearing our jewelry. We were on TV. It looked amazing. Behind the scenes, it was a hot mess. It was a complete and total hot mess. I was working like 80 hours a week on a quiet week. I was so stressed out. I was like probably past the point of burnout. I had an ulcer. It was just like as stressful as could possibly be. And we were absolutely drowning in debt because I went from hand making jewelry where my costs were all pretty low and I could choose to just make a one of a kind piece of jewelry or I could choose to make 10 or 100 of it if I really wanted to, to all of a sudden working with manufacturers where I'm buying products in bulk and they're really expensive to buy in bulk. And so I'm shelling out tens of thousands of dollars for these products, thinking it's the best product on earth. And of course, everybody's going to want it and is going to want to buy it. But it's not the same as when I was doing little craft fairs and things of that nature. Now I'm trying to sell and scale this business. And it just, you know, I had some, some, very expensive lessons learned in those early days, which when I look back on it, I think it was as much mindset than it was actually the things I was doing and me struggling with no longer being the maker in the business and instead being the designer and having other people make the jewelry for me. I don't know why that was such a hard transition, but it was a very hard transition for me. And I think in a lot of ways, I held myself back and didn't put myself out enough, which ended up being a very expensive mistake. So that's a little bit about my journey. When I was in the middle of all the chaos, that was when I realized things needed to change. And I tapped into some of the work that I was doing with um, my corporate clients, because of course, while all this is going on, I'm also consulting with Fortune 500 companies. Um, and at of the course. time with them, <laughs> I was doing lean and I was helping them to lean out. And so I looked at and realized I was doing none of that in my own business. So I applied all of those practices to my jewelry business, completely turned that around. We're now about to celebrate our ninth uh, anniversary in October, which is exciting. Um, and I now have the lean out method where I work with a lot of other businesses to implement the same things I did in my own. So fascinating. And I, you know, for me, this is called the make and design podcast. When you talk about moving from maker to designer, for me, it feels very fluid, but so interesting that you had a mindset issue around that, the make versus the design. So fascinating. And mm -hmm. okay. So here's the thing. Yes. You like, you built that thing up. It was crazy big, but so many people, I know people who listen to this podcast want to go from being the individual maker on Etsy to scaling it. What advice would you have for them now? Now that especially you understand and you teach systems, team strategy, like what would you suggest? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm going to give you my favorite S word of all time, and that is simplicity. Keep it simple. So if you are going to be shifting into a design role and you're going, especially if like me, you're going from either really small batch items or one of a kind items to all of a sudden making items in bulk. And I mean, I kept things small. I did like 50 or 100 units of designs because I still wanted to keep them very limited edition. But still, one versus 100 is a pretty big difference in how you're approaching things. Don't have a lot of skews. Keep your SKUs smaller. 
Um, really get clear on your price point. Really make sure that you know what your target market is looking for, and then make sure that you design things that are true to you um, within those parameters. And I think I did a lot of at first just designing what I wanted and what I liked, thinking that other people would like it. Um, and then I swung too far in the other direction and instead started making things that I knew the market wanted, but that wasn't exactly what I wanted. It took me a little bit of time to swing back and kind of find that happy medium where I was bringing Krista's designs to the market that just so happened to be what the market was looking for. And if you're learning all of that when you're buying product in large quantities, it can get really expensive. So keep it really simple. Do your market research. And when I say market research, I don't mean behind the computer. I mean by talking to people and selling products <laughs> and really finding out what works. And then from there, once you figure out what's working, that's where those systems come in. When you find something that's working, you want to repeat it and get repeatable results and systems will help you get those repeatable results. <laughs> yeah. And we're talking, you guys, this is actually really fun because we rarely talk about physical products on this podcast. You guys know I owned a physical product company as well. And physical products takes its own special kind of toll for the very reasons that Chris is talking about. If you don't have good systems in place and as a new entrepreneur, very often you don't know what those systems need to be. You're buying maybe too many SKUs. You're buying too many of a certain SKU and you don't even know it. I remember the day, so in Mini Lu, it was all the mini coloring books and we were ordering directly from China. There was one particular SKU we had ordered 2000 of and we were out of it in one week. And I was like, we can't get this product again for six more months from China. And it was like, I was like totally stressed out and I should have known better because the SKU had done relatively well already, but I knew it was a good design. That's the opposite problem of some of my other SKUs where we ordered 2000, we only sold 500 and then we're stuck with 1500. And it's just, it feels like this huge guessing game, but the truth is you just have to be in that game long enough to understand which of your SKUs are doing well. And I, wouldn't you say order small first <laughs> if you can? Yeah, you want to scale what's working. I think the biggest mistake that I see people make when they're trying to scale any kind of business is they try to scale all the things. And being that we naturally are creative, no matter what type of business you have, we're naturally creative and creators, and we like to create new and different things. And so people hear scale and they think, oh, good, more <laughs> new and different, new and different, new and different. And let's scale and try to do and sell more of all of those things. And that can get really overwhelming really quickly if you don't have the right systems in place to support it. And you do want to look at what's actually working and you want to do more of that. And you constantly want to be leaning out the things that aren't selling, that you don't enjoy doing, um, or that just simply aren't the right thing for that next level that you're trying to move to in your business. Yeah, I love that. So, okay, tell me this. So when we're talking about strategy, is one of your main strategies for business owners to simplify? Oh, 100%. I think it's critical. I think you have to simplify all the time. Like right now, right? I keep my business pretty lean. My business is the lean out method. It's literally what I help people do. And my core focus for this, this next quarter is simplification and leaning out. And that's with a business that I keep really lean. But I think if you don't intentionally carve out space 
to be simplifying, your business naturally gets really complex and it's a lot of noise and distractions. And the way that I look at that is that's all time and money and energy. I'm investing in things outside of the thing that I really want to be doing. And I think, you know, right, if you're designers, how much time do you really get to design? You don't get as much as you want because of all of the business side of it. Why put extra time into non-design things that you don't need to? If you can reclaim that time, all of a sudden you get to design more. Yeah. Or you have more space. Just having this discussion this morning with one of my designers, I was just like, how much time is being spent designing here? How much time is being spent posting on Instagram? How much time is being spent in production? How much? And it's so funny. Like when you start really paying attention, it's like this much is design. And like all this other stuff, like if you haven't figured out how to simplify it or clean it up or create a system for it, which you're excellent at systems, like for me, like that, that whole systemizing the whole process, actually it it takes away the brain power in the whole thing. So will you talk to us a little bit about systems and like where you apply it? Yeah, absolutely. I think absolutely everything you do can be systematized. And if I say that word and you're like, oh, no, no way. Don't like structure. Don't want anything restrictive. I want to be able to be flow based. I want to be able to be creative. Right. Systems actually give you freedom and flexibility when done right. And I think there's a lot of misperceptions and a lot of mistakes that people make with systems. But let's just, I'll use my jewelry business as an example, right? So we'll take one of my uh, pieces of foot jewelry, right? A system around that would be, how do I actually make that piece of jewelry? What are the different things that go into it? What's the different gemstones that I use? What's the size of those gemstones? What size jump rings do I use? What type of metal do I use? Which components do I use? So it's like the recipe of all of the different things that I need that go into it. So if I'm going to either, you know, make it on repeat now or pull it out from the archives someday, I've got kind of that recipe card of all of the different things, right? Then it's the process of how how do I do it? What, you know, what are the parameters around it? Yes, do it in this stone, but don't do it in this stone. So it's all of those different things. The key is I want to be able to repeat. I want to be able to repeat and get the same results again. And so by taking that and putting the system around it, that's like a product-based system. Then if I look at my marketing and sales system, cool, how do I sell a piece of foot jewelry? And how do I sell a piece of foot jewelry that's different than a different type of jewelry, right? What are the different hashtags that I use? What are the different types of posts that I end up putting out there? Um, it's There's a whole system end-to-end for that as well. And so if you just think of a single thing that you have in your business, a single activity, a single product, whatever that is, you can have systems at a lot of different levels around it. Just look at what are the results that you want to repeat And what do you need to know? Who needs to do it? (laughs) Where does it need to be done in order to repeat those results? Yeah, I think that's amazing. And and here's the thing. Systems do scare me. You know that I said that. Like the whole idea of a system, because system sounds like a Star Wars reference, like the date, like the, you know, like the system. It's like all the planets, you know? So it feels like this overwhelming thing. And systems feel like things that corporations do, not little tiny business owners do. But the truth is even a single person, I have lots of designers here where you are it, you are the solopreneur in your business where you should have systems. And I was just thinking about like even your production system or, or your submission system. Like for me, I have a whole system for submitting it happens on Saturday morning. 
And that, like, that is the system I use. I love that you called it a recipe. That actually felt safer to me because that to me, it is a recipe and it's just like another way to put it together. And it can be as simple as I, I think I, well, I, I saw some of your boards for something and I was like, oh, it can be that simple. Like it can be an Excel spreadsheet just with a list of this is how you do it. One, two, three, four, five, six, right? Completely. And one of my favorite tools on earth is a tool called Miro. There's another one called Miro. There's a whole lot of them, but it's a very visual tool where you can really just map out what you do um, in different boxes, different colors. It's basically a virtual whiteboard where you're taking these beautifully colored sticky notes virtually and mapping out your process. If you're much more of a visual person, which I imagine many of you are, you could even do it that way if you don't want to go into more of the, the spreadsheet type thing or the more tool-based thing. Like, you know, I love Monday, so I tend to use tools for a lot of my systems as well, but you can totally go visual with it if that makes things um, more <laughs> easy to get started with. Yeah. So what it's, I, I suspect lots of my, my listeners don't know about this, but monday.com is a project management software. So that's the one that both Krista and I use. And it basically, you can set up tasks, you can send up recurring tasks. It's really nice for building systems or recipes or to-do lists. I mean, so it's a really simple process, but I am going to, I'm going to echo um, Krista. Krista turned me on to Miro. And I think there's a free version, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a free version, you guys. And we set up like all of our organizational charts and stuff in that. We set up like, you can set up your entire, like on Mondays, we're going to do these items. On Tuesdays, we're going to do these items. Or if you have a system like a production system, you're like, okay, for this shop, these are the things that need to be done. And that's all we're really talking about here. It's not some scary thing. All it does is bring your business to a place where you know what's happening in it all the time. And you could technically hand it off to somebody else, which is the whole goal, right? Krista, <laughs> to hand it off to somebody else when you don't have the time to do it. Absolutely. And one of the examples I'll give, because I know you talk about this a lot, right, is taking your designs and repurposing them everywhere, right? So if you use the social media example that I know you talk about often, I have in my mirror board, I have one of my systems defined. It's this beautiful, very colorful chart that shows my podcast episodes publish on Tuesday. Here's all the different places that I share them in which day I share them. And it's just a simple visual, but it's a reminder every single week about where we should be repurposing that content. And whenever somebody new joins my team, I just hand them that board and say, here's what we do with our podcast content. Here's when and where that we, you know, repurpose. Here's how we do it go, go forth and repurpose. And it doesn't really require much more from me other than that initial creation. Yeah. So amazing. Okay. Krista. So just so you guys know, I do an episode of our Krista's. If you want to hear about my design suite program, I talked to her about how it's grown. It's been crazy, a crazy year. And Krista and I talk about systems and team and strategy over there, which is super fun. If you guys want to learn more about all of these things, which you should, because I teach design, Krista teaches business. Um, Krista, where can people find you? What's the best place for them to connect with you? 
Yeah, head over to leanoutmethod.com and you will find uh, pretty much all of the things. And on Instagram, you can find me at my name, which is Krista Grasso, C-R-I-S-T-A, no H, uh, Grasso. So that's, that's the best place. Thanks for coming, Krista. Seriously, I learn so much every time I talk to Krista, just because I'm like, ooh, give me that information. Information in this day and age is everything, don't you think, Krista? Oh, completely. And I think the most important is, right, first you need the information and then you need to actually go in and apply it. And I just think you are such a master at doing that. It's I still remember our early Monday conversations and all of a sudden look at what you've built with it. So thank you so much for having me. You're so nice, Krista. Okay, you guys, thanks so much for joining us today. I loved having you. I hope you love this episode. If you've loved this, please leave us a review. We'd love for you to tell us how we're doing. It also helps the podcast so that we can move forward and give you more amazing interviews like this. We can't wait to see you soon. Hey, did you know that you can visit me at makeanddesign.com to learn more about this podcast and join my VIP group for weekly freebies? I can't wait to see you there.